0: Good morning! Last week I started a series called Sneaky God, talking about how God is kind of sneaky. He does things that we wouldn't necessarily expect Him to do and in ways that we wouldn't necessarily expect Him to do. So I want to continue that today by talking about a man in the Bible in the Old Testament named Joseph. How many of you would say that you don't like waiting? Anybody? Despise waiting. I know, I know it's a fruit of the Spirit. But I think it's a rotten fruit in my life. God is working on me. I'm not proud of it, but I don't like waiting. I don't I don't like waiting in lines. I don't like I don't like waiting at all. But what I really hate is waiting in a line when I can't see the end of the line. Do you know what I'm talking about? So maybe you're like at a at a theme park and you're in the back of the line and the out and the line is six hours long approximately, and all you can see is like the ride towering above, but you can't see the front of the line, right? Frustrating. Or maybe you're in line on a highway and traffic's backed up, it's stopped, but you can't see the construction or the accident at the front of the line. Absolutely infuriates me, makes me do things that I'm proud there's no camera in my car. It infuriates me. Or how about this one? You go out to eat, you order your food, and then like you have no clue how long it's going to take, do you? because they're in the kitchen making it, and usually you go out to eat with someone and they order something that takes a long time to cook and literally says it on the menu, right? Frustrating. I hate waiting in lines when I can't see the end of the line, but I think that's the way a lot of our lives are lived. Waiting on something that we can't see the end of. Living in this space between the beginning and the end that we don't necessarily know when it's it's coming. Much of our lives is, is lived in that space. Think about it. Most of our school lives, it in kindergarten or twelfth grade, right? It's the space between. Most of our marriage isn't the honeymoon or till death do us part, right? Men, be a good time to look at your wife and say, "Baby, I'm always on a honeymoon." Okay, there you go. Pro tip. Most of, most of our jobs aren't the first day when we start that job with excitement or the last day when we leave that job with excitement, right? Most of, most of our parenting isn't the day we're tired and bring home the baby, but we're excited or the day where we're tired and we let the baby move off and we're excited. Most of our lives are kind of spent at this space, this gap between the beginning and the end of something. And while we're in that middle, oftentimes we're wondering why we are where we are, aren't we? When we're waiting on something, when we're waiting on the conclusion, oftentimes we wonder why I have to be in this situation. As a pastor, one of the questions that I get, and I think most pastors do, is when people are going through something, they'll ask, why is God doing this for me? Like, why am I having to wait on the answer? Why am I having to wait on Mr. or Mrs. Right? Why has God got me here? Why am I waiting on a cure? Why am I waiting on blank? And I can't speak for God. God doesn't consult me before he does things. Y'all should be happy. But I do think that God leaves us waiting for several different reasons just off the top of my head. I think sometimes it's, it's to grow us. I think there's something about that space between God either speaking something to us or the beginning of a trial or something and us getting to the end. I think there's something about that space between where growth happens because when we can't see the end it forces us to to try to get some some answers. Some of you came to Jesus that way. I think sometimes God leaves us waiting to protect us. He's protecting us physically, he's protecting us emotionally, he's protecting us for some from something. I think sometimes God leaves us waiting so that he can get the glory. There's stories in scripture. There's a story in the New Testament where this man's born blind and some people come up to Jesus before Jesus heals him and they say, why is this man born blind? And he says, it's so the glory of God can be revealed. He had to wait on his sight so that God could get the glory. And then sometimes I think it's for timing purposes. I think we get left in that space of waiting for, for timing purposes because if God gave you what he wants to give you right now, you couldn't handle it. Or maybe, maybe it's that situation where your car won't start, so you're late leaving, but then you see an accident on the way to work. I think sometimes we have to wait because, because God's timing purposes. Regardless of why we wait, I think there's some things that we can do in the meanwhile. That's the, the title this morning is meanwhile going to be in the book of Genesis, like I said, talking about a guy named Joseph. And just to kind of set this story up, Joseph had at least 10 brothers, big family. He was already his dad's favorite. He was Jacob's favorite. It's pretty clear in scripture he was the favorite. He was a daddy's boy. One day he has this dream, and his dream, to just kind of summarize it, is all of his brother's wheat stalk kind of bowed down to to his. And so, like, it wasn't a very smart decision, but Joseph goes out and he tells his brothers this this dream. It infuriates them. They already don't like him because he's the favorite. Now they like him even less. And then he has another dream. And in this dream, he dreams that the sun, the moon, and the stars all bowed down to him. Well, this literally infuriates his brother. Some of you, you can see why, literally infuriates his brothers. And so they get this idea that we're going to kill him. Well, one brother speaks up and says, no, let's don't kill him. Let's make some money off of this deal. And so they sell him as a slave to some Midianite traders that just happen to be riding by. Now, just a side note there, you don't have to tell everything you know. Like there's some things that should be kept between you and your family. There's some things that should be kept between you and you and God. In a world where we post a lot of things, just a side note, you don't have to post everything. It's not true that if you don't post it, it didn't really happen. Joseph would have been better off not posting this. And so he gets sold into slavery to these Midianite traders, and that's where it gets interesting because if, if that's me, that's where if I'm Joseph, I give up, Right? Because God has obviously showed him something. He's told him something. Joseph, you're going somewhere. You're getting somewhere. But yet where he is in the meanwhile, in the middle, isn't doesn't look anything like what God said would happen. It doesn't look like God is with him. It doesn't look like God's taking care of him. Right now, he has been betrayed by his brothers. He's been sold by his brothers. And I would wonder, I'm in this meanwhile, God, where... Where are you? Because what, where I am doesn't look like the place that I thought you were going to take me. I would be asking, God, I started this business. I thought it was the right thing to do. But now this whole coronavirus thing takes over and it's killing me. I would, I would be saying, God, I stood up for my principles and now my world's falling apart. Or, 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 or God, I tried to make restitution. I offered an apology. I tried to restore the relationship, but they just pushed me away. It's in, that, it's in that space in between where we often get frustrated. As a matter of fact, I think some of you are there today. Some of you I know are there today because I know your story. You're in the meanwhile, and it feels like God has checked out. It feels like he has forgotten what he said. It feels like his promises apply to everyone else but you, and it feels like things can't get much worse. In that place where Joseph finds himself right now, in the meanwhile is the place where we usually want to quit. And I think my tendency, at least, is to try to start thinking, God, why are you seemingly silent? Like, did I, did I do something? <laughs> did I offend you? Did I, did I make a mistake? I think some of us has been told that maybe we committed a sin, and so God's kind of backed, backed away. That's not the truth. And, and so I try to figure out, like, God, what what have I done? Is this is this, not, is this not your plan? Have I, have I made a step out? And so I began to try to, try to revolutionize or I try to um, rationalize why I am where I am. And here's just a side note about God's plan. I think for, for a lot of us, I think we spend way too much time thinking about what God's plan is and way little time trying to draw close to God. Because here's, here's what I know. As Joseph is about to see, Joseph could have never predicted the path but he trusts the God of the promise. And so what God's saying to some of you today is try, quit trying to figure out the plan and just follow me and I'll work the plan. And so when we get in these spots, we wonder, God, have I, have I, have I done something wrong? But the problem with being in the middle of something was not being able to see the finish line Is we don't know we're in the middle. Joseph doesn't know the end of his story here. And so when we're in the middle of something, we don't know that we're in the middle. We don't know where we are in the process. And when we're in something, we don't see far, how far along we are, and that's hard. As a matter of fact, I've often said, if I can see the end of something, I can endure something for a while. Like, if I can see the end of it, I can endure it. The problem is when I'm in the middle and I don't know where I am, I'm waiting for God to show up. That's where Joseph is. And here's where it gets sneaky. Genesis 37, 36 says, meanwhile, got it? Now it makes sense. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt with Joseph, where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. So put yourself there just for a second. Joseph was. While being guilty of oversharing hasn't done anything wrong. He's just been threatened to be killed by the people who were supposed to be closest to him. Instead, he gets sold. And then he gets sold again. He has to feel betrayed, but he also has to be wondering, what is going on? And some of you are there this morning. You've been betrayed. You've been let down. You've been treated like you were worthless. You've been left out. You've been abandoned. You've been waiting on a cure. You've been waiting on some good news. You've been waiting to feel different inside. You're, you're waiting to feel like you're making progress in life. But I wonder, just for a moment, can you think about what is going on in the meanwhile for you. Meanwhile. It's in the meanwhile and as cheesy as it sounds, it requires a meanwhile to have a miracle. And what I mean by that is if we never get in these spaces of waiting on God to move, we would never have the opportunity for him to blow our minds. There has to be this Meanwhile, as hard as it is and as as tough as it is, and I'm speaking from someone who knows that some of y'all have meanwhiles that are much bigger than I can even fathom or imagine. As hard as it is to hear, it's in the meanwhile that God does the miracles. I wonder what God is doing in that meanwhile. I wonder what he's doing behind the scenes. If you've ever been to a play, a a production, obviously when you're sitting in the audience, you can't see everything that's going on behind the curtain, can you? I mean, obviously you get shown what they want. To show you, but if you're watching a production, no matter what kind of production it is, there's stuff going on behind the curtain, behind the scenes. So people are moving, people are changing clothes, props are moving, different things are going on that you will never be able to see. I just wonder what's going on behind the scenes? What is God doing in the meanwhile that you just don't have the per- perspective to see yet? What is he doing? How is he shifting some things? How is he moving some things around? How is he moving some people? How is he moving in the hearts of people around you? But you just don't have the perspective to see it yet. What is he doing in the meanwhile? Because here's Joseph. He's been sold into slavery. He's been abandoned. He's been left out. His dream seems like it's all, it's, it's all but gone, but he's being sold to a man who can get him where God wants him to go. Meanwhile... Because he's being sold, but the one he's getting sold to is the one that God's going to use to get him to the end. Here's how I know that God always works. Romans eight twenty eight. One of my favorite verses of Scripture, a common verse of Scripture. If you want to memorize a Scripture, this would be a perfect one to do it. But it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose. So I think there's there's some promises in that scripture. Number one, that God works. That even in the meanwhile, he is still working. He never sleeps nor slumbers. God has not checked out. He's not taken a nap. He's not snoozing in your life. He is working. I think second, God works for your good. Whether you believe it or not, God works for your good good. You're his child, and he is in it for your long-term good. I have, I have a child, and there's some things that I deny him sometimes that in the moment would make him really, really happy. But I know that in the end, they're not, they're not good for him. He's out for your good, and God works in his purpose. Even when we stray, God has a way of putting us back on the right path. God works all things for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. That includes you. In other words, God works in the meanwhile. I think we lose sight of this because we see our piece of the puzzle, but we don't see the box lid. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We see our piece of the puzzle. We see the hand that we've been dealt so often, and we see our lives in the condition that they're in, but we don't see the broader perspective that God can see. And so our peace looks like it's in shambles. Our peace looks like it's messed up. Our peace looks like it doesn't make sense. But what's going on is God is arranging it in a, different, in a different way, and we just can't see the the box lid. We just can't see the puzzle complete. You see, when when God works, he's not just working in your life or in my life. He's working in the people around me's life too. And so I have to remember that that God can be orchestrating some things around me and in some people around me that I can't see because it's not happening to me, but ultimately he's bringing it all together for his good. He's bringing their peace, he's bringing my peace, and when we get it together, we see something beautiful. That's what's going on with Joseph here. It feels like he's in the meanwhile. It feels like he's being shut out. Meanwhile, God is moving some pieces for his good, and for God's glory. What if that thing that you're wishing would go away is a step to get you where God ultimately wants you? That person, you got a person. That person, that feeling, that thing that you just wanted to go away. What if God is doing something with it meanwhile? What if the thing that you're going through right now is the very way God is going to use you to impact the people around you? I spoke with with somebody this week who has been through a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff. Like my heart broke as they explained it to me. But one of the things they said is they said, I want to use this to help other people. And I think that's very easy for me to say because I didn't have to go through it, but I think we can see how God works things for good. What is God doing in you? Where have you been that God can use for other people? You see, our story isn't really written in the big times of life. It's written in the meanwhile. But I think we often forget that and assume that just because God isn't doing something big that we can see that he isn't active. And when we assume that God's not working, we quit trying, don't we? How many of you have ever started a diet, workout plan? The first day, you ran four miles, you ate lettuce and a carrot, and for dessert, you had a drink of water. You didn't lose five pounds in the first two days and you quit, right? Right? Some of you, you've been there. You've, some of you have been there many times, some of you have been there recently. some of you have put on the have put on the quarantine 30. How many times have have we done that? And the reason why we give up is because we can't see anything happening. So many of you are, I really believe, are about to give up on your faith and you're about to give up on God and you're about to question if he's there. And the reason is, is because you're not seeing anything big. Could it be that God is working in the meanwhile? Could it be that just because you can't see it It doesn't mean he's not working, that even when we can't see it, that he's working. Could it be that even when you can't feel him, he is right there with you just as much as ever? Could it be that it's in the meanwhile where God is most active in your life? Because he's doing something bigger. Let's continue the story of Joseph Just a little bit. So Joseph is sold to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials. He quickly rises and gets promoted in Potiphar's house. So Joseph is doing pretty good at this point, right? He's beginning to see God's plan play out. It seems like things are looking up. But then Potiphar's wife finds Joseph attractive, and so she tries to talk him into doing things, and I'll leave that right there because you have kids in their the living room with you. He refuses, and so she grabs his cloak on the way out, and he takes off naked as a jaybird. He's, she, she then accuses him of trying to do something with her, and he is thrown into prison. And once again, he gets promoted while in prison, this time by the prison guard. And I want to pause just right there because in the meanwhile progress isn't always straight up. Does that make sense? And even when God is working, it doesn't always mean it's gonna be straight up into the and to the right. It doesn't always gonna mean it's gonna be easy. And the reason I say that is because some of you need to hear that because you've had some setbacks. Maybe you lost your job or you were furloughed and now you're told you're not you're not you're not gonna get anything, you're not gonna get a job back after all this is over. Maybe some of you have fallen back into an addiction, maybe some of you have fallen back into that habit. I just want you to know, just because there's some steps taken backwards doesn't mean the plan's not good. That's where Joseph finds himself. So while he's in prison, he interprets a couple of dreams. One's for the cupbearer. He asks the cupbearer, he says, hey, dude, when you get out of here, will you please remember me? Do you think he does? Nope. The cupbearer forgets about him eventually Joseph endures more ups and downs and you see that you see that word meanwhile several times in the story but Joseph continues to endure the ups and downs and sure enough his brothers do end up bowing down to him at the end because he is in charge of the food during a famine so his brothers humbly come to him asking for food and he gets to serve them in that way Joseph's story is full of meanwhiles, it probably felt over and over again like he was forgotten about, like God had left him. But God didn't leave him. God was leading him. Did you catch that? God hasn't left you. God is leading you, and sometimes leading feels a lot like waiting. Some of you, you're waiting on something. You're waiting on a. You you are waiting on a big miracle. You are waiting on that healing. You are waiting on the financial change that you have been praying would take place. You are waiting to get that house that you felt like th- that you were promised. You, you are waiting for, for a child to come back home. You, you, you are waiting. And sometimes the way that God leads us is through waiting. But just because he's leading us doesn't mean he's left us. So how do we embrace the meanwhile? I think there's a couple of things. Number one, we stay determined to trust God. Because when we're in these meanwhile situations, there's nothing Satan would like more than for us to conclude that God has checked out. That God must not be doing anything. You can give up on him. You've been in the season of waiting for 10 years. He's done. You have to be determined to trust God. And you have to trust more in who he is than what you see him doing. That's the key, because who he is never changes. The character of God never changes, but what he does changes. So trust God, trust who he is, fight to trust him. Jeremiah 29 11, one of the most quoted verses in all of scripture says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. For a lot of you out there that are in the meanwhile, that you're waiting, You don't need for things to be perfect today. You just need to know that God is present. He sent me, a simple guy, to tell you that in the meanwhile, he is present. Number two, how do you embrace the meanwhile? You have to live in the moment. In the words of Kenny Chesney, you have to embrace the here and now. Some of you are really impressed that I just quoted a Kenny Chesney song and a contemporary one, right? I'm knuckling myself, fist bump. But in the words of Kenny Cheson, you have to embrace the here and now. Try, I know, I know, I know. Try to enjoy the moment. It's so easy to look at the front of the line and to see the roller coaster in the air and to say, I want to be over there. Meanwhile, you're missing so much of what's right here. Some of you, that's that's your sermon today, and that you need to know. You are so busy looking forward that you are missing the things going on and the blessings and the stuff and the goodness and the joy and the peace and the people that God has placed around you. And you've been ignoring it. And just pushing it off because you've been so focused on the end of the line. You've got to try to live in the moment. Take each moment. If we constantly look at what could be, we will miss what is. Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If you looked around today, you could see some good things in your life even when you're in the meanwhile. So I wanna read this, this verse, and my encouragement to you would be to either Google it, take a snapshot of the screen as I read it, but I want this to be our verse. For those of you that are stuck in a meanwhile season, those of you that are waiting on God to do something, I want this to be your verse. I want you to pray this out loud. I want you to believe this. I want you to repeat this. When, when your mind tells you that God has checked out, when your mind tells you that things have gotten too bad, I want, you to, I want you to repeat this. I want you to put this on your mirror, write it down, do something, screenshot it, put it as your wallpaper on your phone, something. But I want to just read this over you today and I hope that you grasp it and I hope you believe it. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I am doing a new thing. In the meanwhile, He's doing something new in your life. He's working behind the scenes. He's making the pieces come together. He's moving some stuff on your behalf. He's turning your season of mourning into a season of hope. He's making a way, even when you can't see it, He is doing something new for you. And the reason that I know that is because I know who God is. And that's who He is. He's working on your behalf, even in The meanwhile, let's pray. God, there's people out there watching this right now. And Lord, they're without hope. One of the reasons they're without hope is because they've had so many ups and downs. God, sometimes it's those ups and those very low downs that get us to come to you. And so God, there's people out there watching this right now and they're at their lowest point and they've finally opened their heart to maybe just the possibility that you're real, that you're there and that you really do love them. So if that's you this morning and you just feel something deep in your heart and and, and you just need hope and you need hope in the meanwhile while you're waiting on something good to happen and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I've messed up. I've missed the mark. I've failed. God, I need hope. So I surrender my life to you. I believe, Jesus, you came, you died, you rose. I believe you did it for me. And So I accept that into my life right now. I don't even know what it looks like to follow you, but I'm gonna try to figure it out. I'm not gonna be perfect, but I know that I need you and I know that you love me. So I surrender my life to you. God, for every person that's watching this that's stuck in the meanwhile season, God, for every person that feels like the the downs go deeper than the ups. God, I pray that you would touch them right now. God, help for them to feel, to hear you speaking. I haven't left you. I'm doing a new thing. God, we surrender to you. We thank you that you work in the good times and in the tough times. We thank you that you work while we wait. God, give us strength to trust you. In Jesus' name amen. If you just accepted Christ, please let us know. There's a link um, in the comments if you're watching online. Also, if you need to talk to someone, please let me know. If not, we will see you next week, same time, same place. Thank you for joining us.